right. Hello, friends. Hello. Um, yeah. Should we do a little check-in? Yeah. <laughs> Let's, actually, because it's week eight, which, I mean, it's kind of halfway, right? Yeah. Um, last night, I hit, like, a weird wall um, of, like, stress, and, mm-hmm. like, nothing I'm doing is going well. <laughs> like, I can't do any role right right now. And I had to have a stress cry, but I timed it. Like, I literally, <laughs> like, okay, Brittany, you have five minutes. You could go lay on your bed and cry for five minutes. And mm-hmm. I did. And then after five minutes, I made myself get up and I washed my face. And then I came in and made dinner for my ungrateful teenage son who was apparently starving and can't cook for himself. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was me. <laughs> That's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm, uh watching your dog plunge through the wilds of your backyard but i you know i'm just done with my life Uh, i mean i just so i moved into a new apartment you guys with my partner and uh last weekend so i had to be out of my apartment by sunday so we moved on friday cleaned on saturday and keys on sunday and i'm just like now I'm watching my dog watch your dog. They made eye contact. Yeah, it's so weird. Their relationship is tense, guys. <laughs> um, anyway, and so I just, I've missed deadlines, like big deadlines. And so like that stress is just haunting me to try and get it done. But it's like I also have to keep up with the stuff like teaching and studenting that I have to do regularly this week. I also was like, uh, I'm a mess to Sarah. So I'm stressing out about that because she has her own stuff to worry about. And, uh, um, I'm just, it's just like every day I'm like, why do we do this? (laughs) Anyway, so that's, my body is just like quite literally breaking down in so many, like physical, physically, emotionally, mentally, um, because my, I'm, I'm really out of shape and moving was really fucking hard and, um, I hate not being good at my job and that's what I'm doing right now. Um, and like being in a relationship takes effort fucking too. And so it's like, you know, I'm trying to like cope with like my life being completely disheveled and also trying to like maintain my relationship just in like a day to day sense. And it's just a lot. Anyway, there's a lot of info you guys didn't need, but, um, anyway, I have a lot to say about, um, you know, the article, well, the articles for this week. Um, I was unclear about what to read for the book. Um, and so, which I always have a lot to say, you know, I have more opinions than anyone, <laughs> myself included, could ever want in their life. Um, but let's start with um, JG and um, what's her face? Is it Maria? I feel like. Um, yes, Maria Novotny. Yeah, so the, the right. decolonizing piece. My dog is now whining to go outside. I'll see if she's um, <clears throat> Yes, Liz had thoughts and feelings when she was reading this because she was reading on my couch. And <laughs> she would interject with, okay, now, and so this is going to be a lot of Liz. I, it's really, but it's really applicable to what you do. And I think it's important. <laughs> I just can't not talk back to the readings as I'm reading. Um... <laughs> she wanted to go out there and play with him anyway um so yeah so the the decolonizing piece is like everything 
I feel like I have been yelling at Sarah for the last... Dr. Allen, for anyone that doesn't know that I'm Sarah Allen's own personal fan club. Um, I, I feel like it's everything I've been yelling at her. Okay, stop it, Knox. For the last few weeks. Um, I just am feeling really fed up with my position in the academy... Um, and I think that this piece, though not directly about that, is getting at all of the things that really frustrate me about the idea of being an academic. Um, number one being our desire to publish. So let's talk about that because I think it's fucking bullshit. Guess what, you guys? I don't care about publishing. I don't care about it. I could not give a flying fuck about being published. And I don't understand why like i understand wanting to participate in a community um and 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 connect with scholars and and contribute to developing knowledge but that is not what i see happening and i enjoy and value my work for the work that it does for me and for the people that are involved in it and i don't understand why i have to fucking submit it to a as a commodity in order to be a valuable member of my field <laughs> you know like fuck that and that's not exactly what this piece is saying and maybe you think I'm dumb and I am dumb and I don't think about things the right way always but I just man I would be happy to get paid to do work like the work that I'm trying to do with Sarah now that's working to reform how we think about and do um, English 100 and how this program itself operates. Like I would happily die in obscurity if I could just do that work. Like I I don't care. And like we're just, we just take the work and and then we, and then sell it. Like I don't, (laughs) what? I don't, I've never understood or connected with that. I don't know. So there are some words. I do want to publish <laughs> because I'm an, I thrive on people saying good job to me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, but I also, I also think of publication in different ways. So mm-hmm. because I do creative writing, um, I guess I feel slightly differently about publishing, say, fiction than academic work. For me, like, the publishing of academic work feels like a checklist thing that I have to do if I mm-hmm. want to be marketable. Yeah. Um, and I have a more ambivalent and kind of resistant relationship to that, I guess. So, like, I there's, you know, like, the needy bitch part of me who's like, yes, yes tell me I had a good idea. Or, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, like, like when Nandini is like, yes, I love your writing. I'm like, that's all yeah. I needed for, like, a whole semester. <laughs> and yeah. I, like, survived on it. But, like... Um, the expectation of and how we publish academic work feels weird to me. And also, I think part of what you're getting at is, like, there's the teaching. Mm. And there's what the institution expects you to do for teaching. And then there's what the uh, institution expects you to do in terms of research and being... Yeah. public I guess or like and name recognition which I, is an issue and I, I don't know I also understand that any ability I have to stand and say this is how this is my ethos and my philosophy as a teacher or as a researcher or as a writer is standing on like the foundation of all of these 
publications that oh, right yeah. that I have engaged with, and I get that, but I just I don't I don't know. I still don't care. <laughs> like, I, think, I yeah. yeah. I think one one of the things that I one of the ways I think about publication in terms of just um, creative writing mm-hmm. is that there's. So so, so creative writing and publishing has a lot of the same like pressures and such of academic writing, mm-hmm. except if you're only creative writing and you're not publishing, you're not making any fucking money. So you're not yeah. getting paid to, you know what I mean, to, to teach yeah. and then your research is incidental. So like I, I, I do want to say that, yeah, like some of it is selling it because if you want to do this work, you also have to fucking be able to pay your yeah. bills. So like yeah. I don't want to look down on the idea of selling your work because I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. Mm. Um, But like, and I'll out a shameful secret of mine, I suppose, but like um, there is, so I just said there are many ways to publish work and like I've published work online under a pen name. Um, (laughs) Why is that shameful? I don't know. It just feels like it is. Um, Mm. Maybe I've been in too many graduate level uh, writing workshops and I've picked up some of the snobberies there. But, um, but that, and that mostly wasn't paid. So the publication there was not about name recognition Mm. because I'm not getting it for Mm. my name really. And it's not about getting paid. It's not about surviving. It was just about like the conversation, which is what I think in the best of all situations, publication would be about. It would be reaching an audience because you want to have a conversation with them. Yeah. And it's, and that's, so another thing that I'm kind of like fascinated with when it, when I think about like, um, our rhetorical genre studies, um, right. Is this idea that like, as we produce, so we inevitably make, we make genres, but genres also inevitably remake us. Mm -hmm. And like the balance there when it comes to producing academic genres is is too it's too imbalanced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to reshape too much of what I do and what I write to fit an academic genre in order for it to have value. And I don't think that that has to be true. <laughs> I wish we could think about pub. I guess both academic work mm. that's quote unquote publishable mm-hmm. in broader ways yeah. than we do, and also I wish we could think about publication and, and particularly what kind of publication counts more broadly too yeah um I, like I'm taking a women's studies class and one of the things that students in the class are doing is making zines or zines yeah. I don't know how the right word to pronounce yeah. it zines I think oh uh, yeah um which you know does have an actual academic like mm-hmm. tr- of, like feminist zines were a thing and like we're yeah. still reading them like a yeah. lot of the theory came out you know what I mean mm-hmm. so but, like, why can't, um, I don't know, like, if if Liz and I wanted to, like, actually publish this yeah. thing we want to work on together, like, what if we just put out a zine? Like, why is that less yeah. valid mm-hmm. than turning our piece into something that a particular journal would want to publish? And, like... And yeah. everyone's going to come back to me and be like, well, if you want to get a job. And I'm like, well, do I? Is this the kind of culture <laughs> that I fucking, you know? I like, do want a job, but... I, also, I love teaching, and that yeah. is what I gives me purpose in life. But if it comes at the expense of all of this, like I don't even, 
I'm just, it's just exhausting. It's just exhausting. And like, I'm already exhausted, as I say, every day of my life. Also, what work are we missing? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. traditional outlets won't publish it. And, and so we never get assigned it's, it. Or do you know what I mean? Like, what are we missing? I just feel like, I don't know, like moment of silence for all the really great work that never makes it into anything. <laughs> and I've been, I've been talking to Sarah a lot about language lately and just how I feel so stupid all the time because (laughs) I don't like (laughs) I don't speak in in I mean I do like this is like a very like um like a uh I don't know what kind of it is to say but like I was going to say that I don't speak in academic languages and and in class and it always makes me feel inferior and that like my ideas aren't valid because I'm not trying to put them in a like a verbiage that no one can understand but like I do like I'm always you know I have my language practice has been remade by the academy and I'm sure that my writing is not as accessible as I like you know as the narrative in my Mm -hmm. mind likes to perpetuate um but I just and it's like, and often that language it is like us saying that we, um, we know more. Like we have to assert constantly as we speak that we are experts, and that position doesn't do much for me in terms of learning and in terms of producing like ethical, dynamic. Uh, writing that actually that actually does the work that we say that we want to do it's much better for me to to speak from a position that says you know like that's fucking fascinating what do you have to teach me you know especially in an interdisciplinary context which was another issue that I had with this piece was that I felt like a lot of the questions that we're considering are, are already existing when we're thinking about trauma especially um trauma narratives mm-hmm. um, and how to talk about them and how to do like a methodology to engage with trauma. I feel like a lot of these questions, especially about ethics, when it comes to re-traumatizing um, the speaker and then also the researcher, um, a lot of these questions are already being addressed in other fields. And I'm too stupid to actually be able to be like, it's happening here and here and here. But I just feel like these are the kinds of questions that I ask in classes where we're mm-hmm. where we're doing that kind of work, so it's this is me thinking about again about Craig's biography course, you know, because we just did a unit on oral history, um, or that was our focus this week, right? And so talking about um, the ethics embedded in the ways that we listen to one another, um, and so yeah, so I just I feel like this article um, is is doing things that I like agree with like like the framework that they're mm-hmm. setting up I'm like yes but it's also not this is not the only issue like it's not just when we're thinking about trauma do I mm-hmm. am I frustrated with the ways that um or do I think that this kind of framework should be taken up um so yeah um do you sorry do you have words other words to say about this article no, I, I, well, I would be interested because you brought up oral history and stuff. Oh, so yeah. I would be interested to see what bringing a conversation from, you know, historians who, who, or yeah. oral history people who do, mm. um, all these projects. So I, I would be interested in seeing 
the conversations happening in those kinds of fields. Yeah. Um, coming in contact with the conversation in the field of rhetoric about this. Because I, I just feel like there could be so much sharing um, and learning in that conversation. And I can't, and this is only one piece. So like, I can't, yeah. I can't tell how much of that cross um, discipline, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Conversation. I can't tell how much they're informing each other or if they're like in vacuums, which I, yeah, I honestly I feel like is a problem sometimes in the academy. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it yeah. just feels like these conversations are happening in dis- in individual and discrete departments uh-huh. in isolation when yeah. if, if they were just happening with each other, yeah, it would be so much, I don't know, I just think it would be more generative. And, yeah. yeah. So I do wonder about the larger like... Yeah, I don't know enough to 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 know if my frustrations are justified or like how to answer you know Mm -hmm. um these kinds of questions and that's kind of a cop-out but also kind of not I just like I just um again I see us being pushed into specialization in order to get a job and things like that and so I'm just kind of questioning at what cost you know Mm -hmm. and so like how does that um complicate my my or limit or restrict my methodologies mm-hmm. um because i'm so focused on how my specific discipline takes up these questions um because i want to participate in that discourse community because i have to you know, i i don't know i'm yeah. sorry that's not really i think like i'm going in circles but no but like i would like to see how frameworks from say um ethnographic work yeah Craig talks about that so much. Yeah, well, I have one of my really good yeah. friends. I helped copy edit her dissertation, and I transcribed some interviews for her that she did mm-hmm. um, um, about um, indigenous art and how it's displayed in museums, yeah. even or even indigenous um, indigenous displays in like natural mm-hmm. history museums, and how problematic and traumatizing they yeah. are to indigenous people. And like, I know that she had a strong really intensely thought about um set of ethics for how she conducts that and i keep thinking i would like to see i would just like to see the conversation happening between the disciplines Mm -hmm. yeah and i i do i also like i'm just like and i think that this article is answering this kind of desire that i've had for a long time of like and i feel like this was something i brought up maybe in like the first weeks of class of just like like what if academia was focused on the ways that it could reshape communities instead of instead of like the individual making a mark or or like speaking something in you know like like what if that's where what if participating in our discourse communities was actually part like physically participating in our um but then it's like how would we tell people about it you know (laughs) but so often like Growing into the discourse of the academy means separating yourself from your home yeah. community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a real, I mean, like, that's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's something to negotiate and it's, it can be a real burden, I think. Yeah. And I get that that's also kind of what JG and, and um, Maria, um, my thesis advisor, would be kicking me to hear me call people by their first name. Um Anyway, uh, I feel like that that's what they're getting at, that we have to stop living in this, like, well, oh, I don't know what to do because <laughs> like, it's I not can't good do enough. one without yeah. the other. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe thinking about this article this week, I'm interested to see if we have like, if anyone knows how to move forward or if maybe we can just start a rebellion right here. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to do what I want. Our <laughs> podcast this week is basically us just being like, why? Why guys? <laughs> um, anyway. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Cause if I could just like, do work in the department like and that be enough (laughs) what a uh, i yeah anyway um so and maybe people's responses to this will be like maybe you shouldn't be getting a phd and my response to that is maybe you're right (laughs) we have thought of that ourselves this week yeah um also and this i think is kind of a refrain from a general kind of conversation we had when we brought up adding Um, a trauma unit but it does feel to me a lot and I think this is partially what they're getting at Mm. in this article Mm -hmm. a little bit is that the academy kind of thrives on looking at and picking apart traumas yeah and I just really wish that we cared more about looking at joy and um, pleasures and Mm -hmm. like just like or it heat, is like radical bodily. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know. I want to think more about like how happy my dog's body is when it's wagging its tail. Or, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I just feel like we're very yeah. interested into the point. Like, maybe we do sort of fetishize. Like, if you well, don't have, so if that, you don't have a trauma narrative yeah. to tell, like, what the fuck are you going to write about? That leads into the. I think that that transitions us really well into the Wordsworth piece. Then <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what is it. Who's Warsham. <laughs> She, she accidentally said Wordsworth once, and now it's just... It's <laughs> That's stuck. what it is. Um, Lynn Warsham. The Warsham piece. Um, because, let me tell you, I'm frustrated with this piece. And again, it's like that experience of, like, I think being called out in ways that I don't want to be called out. But it also, it's it, a lot of my resistance to this piece is that I'm not really down with Freud, A., and B, I have to fight so hard for personal writing to be valued. And this is yet another piece that says, I don't know, should it be? And I mean, I guess they're not really saying it shouldn't be, but just that we shouldn't automatically assume that narrativizing trauma is a healing process. But the ways in which they're talking about it, I'm not really on board with. Because I feel like this, I feel like Wordsworth is saying that um, that in order... That in order for healing to happen, uh, mourning has to happen. Um, And that fetishizing the narrative, right, circumvents healing by replacing it with pleasure, the pleasure of telling the narrative, and so that you don't actually deal with, with grief or mourning. And I'm just like... But who are you? And I think that I brought this up with the, um, with the decolonizing piece too, is that I just, every time I'm reading these pieces where people are talking about storytelling or talking about collaborating with other people to tell stories, I feel th- what the audacity of academics to say what is or is not trauma um, yeah. for yeah. someone and to say what is or is not healing for someone. Um yeah, yeah, definitely the healing part. I mean, I can kind of see where 
I can kind of see where it would come in on an individual basis of like living your life. Like if yeah. you can't mourn or deal with the trauma, yeah. then you can't heal. But I'm not sure. Like what is the what is the per what is the purpose uh-huh. of a a narrative, a personal narrative of that deals with trauma? Um, yeah, it's not. It shouldn't be to provide some form of like healing to the audience necessarily yeah. i mean like i'm not saying it can happen but that like it doesn't have that responsibility to its audience i don't think and the person who narrates their trauma is literally the only person who can make a call about whether they found that process healing or not yeah and who is designing assignments that ask students to write traumatic <laughs> nar- not trauma narratives like who what? I hope this isn't like a classroom because that's what thing. they were like they cited um Writing lives, which I've only read pieces of, um, so like I can't really speak. I have no authority. These are <laughs> all the opinions, no, no knowledge or authority. God damn it! But I'm just like, who is at, who's out there being like, yes, get that trauma, put it out here in a public space that you have to participate in, and then without let me really grade you on it. <laughs> yeah, like what the what? I mean, I mean, I think that those kinds of narratives inevitably happen whenever you're engaging in personal writing, but, um, but also like, again, that's assuming that there's no kind of like, it's not assuming, I don't know. I just feel like this kind of writing is, is trying to move away from the agency of the writer in producing that narrative. At least in my assignments, like if a narrative like that is created, it was not or at least I hope that was my intention that the assignment itself did not ask the student to do that, but the student saw it as yeah. an opportunity for that. Th- to. Yeah. So I think you really hit on the, the actual like underlying is that the agency should lie with yeah. the person giving mm. the narrative, relating the narrative, the interviewee or, or maybe, or, you know, and sometimes it's like, well, we can make a judgment on whether we felt like that was healing for them, but that's not our place. Like, yeah. we do have to give and allow people, even traumatized people, um, the agency to decide if they're going to tell their story, yeah. to decide how to tell their story, um, what should be done with it. And I know that this is part of what yeah. the piece, uh, the other piece is saying, is mm-hmm. we have to make sure that we're thinking about their agency and not... The fact that we want to publish and get a job in the academy, you know, and use it badly. Mm. But also, like, we do have to be willing to give them the agency to make that call for themselves. Craig would have a lot to say about, like, you know, (laughs) about, I think we keep coming back to this idea of biographers as thieves. um, Because, (laughs) like, because if you do, see, because that kind of collaboration where, like, um, even with this work with Sarah that I'm trying to design and figure out how to do, where I'm doing interviews with teachers, I want that to be collaborative. And I've been talking to her about collaborative chapters of dissertation because knowledge is not created in a vacuum. I am not the, it's not like I stand here and like spout, you know, like, and so I, like, how can I make those collaborators visible? Um, And also how can I make sure to, to ethically represent the stories of the people that I want to, to work with? And, like, they're not necessarily going to always be talking about trauma. Um, but in order to, like, produce biography, like, oftentimes that kind of ethical consideration can't happen because otherwise there would be no 
biographical narrative. Like, you know, like yeah. the, the, that biography wouldn't exist because those people, like family members or whatever, um, won't consent to the release mm-hmm. of that. And I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't like bio- <laughs> biography, which I've talked about a lot in class with Craig, um, you know, because of I just would rather deal with the person directly. Well, anyway, probably be an example yeah. and not every biography, but a lot of yeah. the kind of biography you just brought up is probably yeah. an example of a framework that isn't particularly ethical. Yeah. Well, and it's like who the ethics of which discipline, which is what I think yeah. I talked about a little bit last week. And we keep talking about in class that like there's so many ways to approach these interactions with lo- lo- the live subjects, <laughs> human subjects, <laughs> um, you know, of, and so it's just like eat and that's again so like when we're talking about the ethics of these things it's like the ethics of which discipline um and and if we're not bringing in interdisciplinary considerations mm-hmm. which not to say that these not, that these pieces aren't right. i think that especially the wordsworth piece is, is obviously is because they're talking about freud and they're talking about um uh comp pedagogy um I also took real issue with the way that they're talking about language here. Um, and the, the, anyway, what well, we can, we're, we're taking up a lot of time. Um, so, you know, there are all of my opinions with, with no authority. Yeah. It's week eight. Yeah. We're real tired. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, thanks for listening. Um, JG and and maybe Sarah and maybe my mom if I send this to her. So, <laughs> all right, bye guys. Bye.